Hey everybody and welcome to episode 100 of the Revive Yourself podcast. Here we go. Are you sick and tired of being sick and tired? Have you got a health issue that just won't go away no matter what you try? Then welcome to the Revive Yourself podcast, where we reveal the secrets to long-lasting health by getting to the root cause of problems that no one else is talking about. So you can have more energy, clear skin, healthier hair, a leaner physique, more confidence, and most importantly, do the things you love and live the life you deserve. Here's your host, Ryan Martin. So guys and girls, welcome to episode 100 of the Revive Yourself podcast. Centuries up, 100 not out, as they say in cricket. Um, we raise a bat to everyone. <laughs> Take your helmet off and raise a bat. So that's great. It's a good milestone to hit. Um, been going since 2017, and uh, our audience is growing all the time, and we're getting this information out to more and more people. So I've just got to thank you, first of all, for tuning in and to uh, and for really, you know, sharing our, our work with and our information with everyone um, and spreading the message of natural health to the world you know and and just realizing that your health is in your hands and not to put responsibility of your health into to doctors and consultants and other people's hands because ultimately you are in control uh, i also want to thank all the guests that have been on the show so far you know they've contributed awesome episodes and the information has just been phenomenal i'm going to keep on getting fantastic guests for you and um, before we go into today's guest, which is a humdinger of a guest, um, I just want to say, you know, our, our Reviver Self shop is up and, and uh, well, it's doing really well. Uh, it's www.reviveyourself.co for all of our information articles and all the other podcasts, uh, episodes, which you can also find on iTunes under, you know, Revive Yourself um, Revive Yourself with Ryan Martin. If you're listening to this on YouTube or if you're listening to this on soundcloud or on our website <laughs> which is fair enough uh, also we've got a shop there you know we've got some fantastic um, products for you if you're dealing with any health issues they're all organic a lot of them are fermented and and well crafted and they're highly bioavailable and ones i recommend if you're looking for a phenomenal all-in-one uh, living fuel super berry or living fuel super greens you know it's the best all-round product on the market by none two scoops of it is the equivalent of 260 dollars worth of organic produce uh, designed by a, uh, or made, manufactured um, by a doctor, a scientist, a nutritionist, and they haven't changed the blend in 15 years because you don't need to when something's that powerful. It's got Krebs cycle minerals, uh, which, you know, you get down to the cellular level. Um, also, we've got our uh, our EMF blocking devices, Aries Tech. Um, got some phenomenal products like the Restore, which you can find in the Finchley Clinic as well, which is for gut healing. Um, and we've got lots of other things coming on. We're going to be putting on uh, our blue blockers from Blue Blocks for you, which are going to be phenomenal. We're going to have a discounted code for for you all. You know, blue light. If you haven't listened to my episode with Dr. Richard Hansler, then go back and do that. It's about how much blue light is impacting us when it comes to disease um, and chronic illness. You know, being under blue lights at night is not good at all. It's one of the well, it's one of the things people are saying. It's it's, it's chronic advanced disease like cancer. It's causing big big issues, and our skin isn't meant to be under that that amount of blue light for that long. It's, it's speeding up women's periods. You know, girls are getting periods at nine years old now because their body's thinking that they're living um, two years in one because of the amount of white light and so blue light. They're under blue light spectrum. So 
we're going to be getting those guys on the podcast as well. I'm going to be trying to get a few other doctors on the show to talk about that as well. But our episode with Dr. Richard Hansler is phenomenal. I think that's episode 32. Uh, and we'll be getting uh, the Jove products on as well, the red light therapy. And soon we'll have the infrared saunas from clear spring up um and i and anyone who wants to get an infrared sauna uh, they're not up on our site yet but if you are then you then if you send me an email we can get you a discount for that as well we have got a code um for that as well looking for an infrared sauna uh, anything that we can do to get you a bit of money off of quality to optimize your your health we'll do it so we're having codes for that and it's not on our site yet but if you are looking for one um clear spring one of the best out there if not the best and um you know we'll be able to get you a, a discount which would be great because I, I want you guys to be able to get the best stuff possible and know where to get it and trusted sources and we'll be getting uh, one of the guys from clear spring on the show as well talk all about infrared um infrared heat and it's just something that you know it, once you start doing all these things add them all together it's just going to put your health at a different level organic food clean water that's why the other thing you know aquatea guys and girls if you haven't haven't got your your water if you haven't got your water filtered at the mains then it's something you need to do you're not just drinking the water but you're washing in it you're cleaning your teeth in it you're washing your clothes in it you're washing your bed sheets in it and it's got a whole host of of issues from parasites to heavy metals toxins etc chlorine fluoride you need to get that stuff out of there uh, as much as possible and we've got options for two one, two, three, and four bed houses, and for soft and hard water, and you can actually buy them on the site uh, at our Revive Yourself shop. Anyway, so that's that for today. Our guest is um, our guest is one of the most interesting people I've ever spoken to. Atom Bergstrom. I uh, first heard him on the on Extreme Health Radio many years ago, and I've been wanting to get him back. Uh, I wanted to get him on our show and I'm going to want to get him back on it because he's got so much more to talk about. We're going to so many different things. It's so interesting. It's going to blow your mind and it's going to, uh, this interview, this this talk, uh, this conversation, I should say, is going to blow your mind because um, he's going to be talking about things that, you know, if you're not open-minded, if you're not into energy, if you don't understand um, the metaphysical, I mean, it's very hard to understand the metaphysical, but if you're not familiar, I should say, with the metaphysical, if you're not, um, if you're not at a place where you understand that, it's it's very very real um thoughts energy it's all very very real to the point that it can influence us massively without under if you without even sometimes you know say the universe works in mysterious ways the universe i mean the vibrations of us it, can, it matches the vibrations our vibration matches that of the universe and when you're looking at healing etc um in fact i'm just going to let Atom, the episode of Atom speak for itself and afterwards we can we can if you've got any questions you can send them in but um as he says there's lots of absolute gems that he brings up so you know without further ado here he is here's Atom enjoy and I'll see you on the other side got my laptop here and my desktop and last time I had the same problem with my desktop and I switched to my laptop and then I interviewed two people on that and now this time it went the other way around I don't know why it's Technology for you, it seems to want to just cause aggravation, but we're here, so we're all right. They made improvements, quote unquote, on Skype. That's the problem, yeah. I think. <laughs> yeah, I think it is. Uh, it didn't need an, I thought it might need an update, but it didn't need an update. So I just switched uh, switched over um, switched over different yeah to the desktop, and it, and it works. But um, anyway, nice to uh, nice to meet you. Nice to see you. Yeah, um, pleasure. Adam, just you're in California. Whereabouts in California are you? 
Montecito, you might have heard about the big floods here that happened about a year ago. Mm -hmm. Debris flows and 23 people were killed and all that stuff. Right. It's the anniversary of that uh, today, actually. Oh, is it? Cool. Yeah, yeah that, that's that's. I mean, you get quite a lot of, um, yeah, quite a lot of extreme weather or these extreme uh, circumstances there. I mean, you had the fires, didn't you? This this not not too long ago. Um, you weren't. You're not too close to that then. Oh, well, yeah, we uh, actually, the whole thing started here as a fire. The really? Thomas fire was what was became the biggest fire in California history. And until right after that, it uh, got surpassed. So it burned all this area out. Then we had a huge rainstorm that just all the mud came down. Boulders the size of school buses rolled down here and took uh -huh. out the home. Oh, yeah, it seemed like, it, yeah, everyone, I mean, obviously there's lots of people in like the health world up and down that West Coast, and, you know, it seemed like lots were going on. It was, um, yeah, it was, it was quite, I mean, those fires as well, they seemed like they were almost indescribable. It was, it was so, it was, yeah, it was indescribable how big they were, and it seemed like, um, well, California is gorgeous, but it does have that little chance of something like that happening, earthquakes, floods, fires, and um, I can imagine it being quite quite a scary time. It's either shaking, sliding, or burning away. They say. <laughs> yeah, yes, yeah, it's true. Those the territory. So, but you, but you, you, you guys are okay. You guys are safe. Oh yeah, yeah. And uh, when the debris flow happened, we were in an area that didn't really get affected, but we left anyway for about two weeks because uh, there was no computer service. The electricity was out and everything, but we weren't really impacted. So we had no damage. Where'd you, where'd you go and stay with friends or go to a hotel? Yeah, actually we had, uh, uh, Susie had a uh, vibrant gal here, had uh, some friends up in uh, Paso Robles. They had a ranch up there. So they happened to be leaving that day and we had, we got to stay at a ranch and watch the whole thing on giant screen TV at that's their cool. ranch house. That's quite <laughs> nice, the ranch. That's I mean, always something I've always wanted to do actually, go and spend a couple of weeks on a ranch in, in America or something like that. It seems like quite a... Uh, yeah, quite a grounding sort of way to live. So uh, very uh, earthy. It seems unplugging from the system. It would seem quite nice. Was it fun? Oh, it was fun up there. Yeah, we. In fact, this year we were invited up to the uh, branding ceremonies, but we decided not to go. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. I can imagine that being quite. I said, no, it's awesome, awesome. So glad you're both okay. So. Today, um, just want to talk about well, everything. We we just like set the scene because sure. a lot of. I mean, I first heard you on Extreme Health Radio like well years ago, and I know that you've got so much knowledge and there's, there's so much you can talk about. Um, obviously, Sunsink Nutrition. I want to talk about a few of the people you, you've learned from. First of all, um, as you said there, as you, you always say you, your name. You've got Atom Bergstrom. You were born Gosta Ingvar. Is that correct? Just saying, but Bergstrom from the old country, yeah. Right, cool. Yeah. So, yeah. why did you change your name? Uh, you know, I, I studied with a man named Donald Lay, also known as Swami Nitty Gritty. Yeah. And he used to, uh, if you said, I'm tired, he'd say, how can an atom get tired? And if you said, I'm sick, he said, how can an atom get sick? So, I thought, great name. <laughs> did you change it and you changed it legally? Uh, no, it didn't change it legally. Right. I right. thought the only time I was going to change my name legally, it was going to be Aquarius Applesauce. <laughs> What's the story behind that? I was going to do that because Aquarius for the uh, 
brotherhood of uh, humanity and applesauce, so I never took myself too seriously. <laughs> yeah, people do do that, I suppose. Yeah, that's fair, fair enough. No, it's interesting because I know you always you always uh, mention uh, shamanistic gritty and a few of the other people you've been taught by. So it's interesting. I, I do want to do want to get into that. I mean, it does actually say it gives you a little brief overview on your website about how you how you got into the health world. But what what was your journey into it. You wasn't sick yourself. You, it was just something you're really interested in. What, what's the what's the background there? Well, first of all, I uh, became interested in health when I got sick. You were sick. Uh, I was kind of into health food so, uh, into high school, but then I got this mysterious fever after getting out of school, and so I did all kinds of things. And I went to doctors, and they didn't solve it. And finally, I figured it out myself, and that was a revelation. I figured, you know, if I can figure this stuff out. But it was after they took out my appendix and uh, they said it was a resolving appendix, which I know now means that it wasn't the appendix, but they had to cover their butt somehow. And uh, anyway, I started studying it. And eventually uh, I met Swami Nitty Gritty and I had no intention of being any kind of health professional until that time. In fact, when I met him, I thought, wow, this is amazing. But I was there for his Swami information. But of course, I ended up going to the Texas Institute of Reflex Sciences for a couple of years, learned the techniques, and there I was on my own back in the 70s. I started practicing and have been doing so ever since. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's similar to a lot of people who become health coaches. It was sort of like um, scratching your own itch. Making sure, yeah, yeah, which is probably the best way. And so, a lot of times, doctors they study all these things, but a lot of them, as Paul Check likes to say, like a talking head, they'd have no um, actual ground experience of going through something themselves, which is a very, very powerful thing to go through once you've actually been ill, had to go through all different avenues to cure yourself. It's powerful. And I do want to talk about um, nitty gritty in a minute. Once something did, something did actually strike me. Now you said there about the doctors not bad to help you. And um, one of the quotes on your in your your site it said, "Atom was inspired by the words of Thomas Jefferson: School teaches all of the branches, but none none of the roots." And that 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 to me just sums it up very very nicely. It's it doesn't get to the like medicine or school or these things. They don't get to the root cause of a lot of these issues, and you have to look, look in, look in your own place. You have to. It's part of your own journey where you find and where you start to discover down the rabbit hole and find those roots. And you said one of the person was um, Swami Nitty Gritty that helped you find those roots. What was it about his teaching? I mean, you spent a lot. Fourteen years you spent with with him. Learning. Fourteen. Years. Fourteen years. So what? I mean, how did you come in contact with him? Um, what what was it that really? Yeah, what was your journey like with him and learning from him? Uh, if there is anything as an accident, any such thing, then it was by accident because I was working at a metaphysical bookstore, and a man walked in named Steve Shiver, who was a chiropractor, and he started talking about things I'd never heard about, including applied kinesiology, radionics, everything. And he said he got this information from Adonal Lay. So I saw a poster by him and thought, that is the weirdest poster I ever saw. I don't want to meet this guy. But Steve, I started studying with and arranged for him to do workshops at the metaphysical bookstore. And finally, I realized he's getting all this information from Swami Nitty Gritty. So then I went and met him and it changed my life at that point because I realized he was uh, a extremely unusual human being. 
What what was it that made him so unusual? Well, he uh, immediately when I met him, uh, he seemed a bit strange. But then when someone asked him t- about time speeding up, he said, time is the distance it takes light to cross an electron of iron. And I went, what? <laughs> mm. And then it got stranger. It got curiouser and curiouser, as it says in Alice in Wonderland. Mm. And uh, pretty soon I realized he was talking about things that other people didn't talk about and had answers to things that other health professionals didn't. I had already uh, was interested in health through uh, vitamins and supplements and things like that. In fact, I went on to manage four health food stores and a vitamin department and a fifth one over time, kind of a serial health food manager, store mm-hmm. manager. And, uh, but I realized that his knowledge was so far beyond that, that most of the things you get in a health food store, probably 90% of them are counterproductive to your health instead of healthy. But I continued to manage him because I was interested in the 10%. And, uh, I directed people who asked me about it, uh, toward that type of health. It's it's something that I mean. Even listening to you speak, I have heard before. You said that he was saying things that many people weren't talking about. You even today are talking about lots of things that most people still aren't talking about. I'm interested to know where where he got his information from. Where did he where did he learn his information? Where yeah, because if he's talking about things that most people just it's just a different world, you know. Where did where did he do his research or his learning? He apparently downloaded it out of his own brain, and that's what he said. He dropped out of school uh, the first day in school. When he dropped out of school, he went back and told his father, I don't want to go to school. And his father said, well, then go to work. And so he went to work as a kid, and he only had one day in school. And uh, he was in uh, what was then British Guiana, which is now Guiana, and he migrated here when he was 16 went to work for RCA because uh, a cousin of his uh, worked there. He put in the first microwave tower in Canada and worked in construction and all kinds of things and then got interested in meditation through Yogananda and became the representative in Montreal. When Swami Kriyananda asked uh, Yogananda, why don't you bring him to Los Angeles, uh, Los uh, Swami uh, uh, Yogananda said, why should he be here and watch the palm trees or something? If he's doing so well in Montreal, why not just leave him up there? So uh, he never did get to meet uh, Yogananda, except he was initiated on the uh, whatever you want to call it, the astral, the causal, some kind of plane and uh, became uh, enlightened. I suppose that's a word for it. No, it's interesting. It's it's one is you sort of hear it a lot. Knowledge comes from within. But with you, so when you were studying with him, was there was it just literally basically like like watching, listening, taking it all in, or was there sort of books that he? I know you said part of a metaphysical um, bookstore you worked in. Was there books that you you read that opened up your knowledge that he said to you, I want you to read, or was it literally just learning off the, the man himself? The man himself, he didn't read books. <laughs> the only thing he read was like the Inquirer and some of those uh, ridiculous papers that you get at the newsstand. And then he would explain the strange stories about people who burst into flames spontaneously and everything like that. And we knew it was a joke. If someone would say uh, recommended uh, a book, 
he would, everybody would smile because they knew he didn't read. And many of the things he said, by the way, now had been confirmed. Like one of the things uh, he said was that it was the sympathetic nervous system was involved in meditation, not parasympathetic nervous system. And at that point, that was considered ridiculous. But now it's more and more swinging to his point of view. And there's a lot of other things that have been uh, validated since that. In fact, once a month, I find something that he said that sounded ridiculous that was validated. A good example, uh, tuberculosis can cure cancer. And when I heard that, I thought, that sounds ridiculous to me. But then, not too long afterwards, I found in, a, uh, in an immunity book, an immunity textbook, Indeed, they were doing that, but the doctors didn't do it because they would be sued for giving a person tuberculosis, even though the tuberculosis was better off than the cancer. Then I discovered Emmanuel Ravisi and discovered why that was. And you may or may not have heard me talking about Emmanuel Ravisi and his uh, textbook uh, that I draw heavily from because I think he was basically the... Uh, the Tesla of medicine, probably you could call him for the last century. What is what is what was the book that he uh, that you draw from? You know, here it goes. Let's see if I can get the title. Research in physiopathology, uh, guided chemotherapy with special application to cancer. The easiest way to find it, because it is on the internet, is type in Ravisi's textbook. And you can put it in quotations to make sure you're going to get it. You will go to that crazy pharmacist site. And uh, that's Steve Mitchell. You will scroll down and then you'll find the link. And the whole book is there now. The book, if you buy it, costs about $700 now because the medical uh, company that printed it was ordered by the pharmaceutical company to burn all the copies and they burned 40,000 out of 50,000 copies. And the first time I got a hold of the book was actually at a research library where you had to wash your hands, take off uh, all your extraneous uh, clothes except what they could see, walk in, be handed a pencil, be watched while you looked at the book. This was at the uh, University of Texas in Austin. was my first experience. Then a friend of mine simply called his home residence and asked him for copies of the book and they sent him and that's how I first got a copy of the book. It was very hard to get but that crazy pharmacist Steve Mitchell has posted it on his website and now the, with the search function you can find out anything you want about uh, his 776 page medical textbook. I mean you I will ask you just to, just to do a video and read it so we can all get an audio download of it. That would be great. <laughs> but yeah, hopefully they do that one day. Okay, cool. Vici's, uh, Vici's textbook. I'll definitely get into that. So when you said before that Swami that, um, Nitty Gritty would be saying stuff and it would be quite um, out there. It would sound ridiculous. And now, nowadays it's, it's, a lot of it's getting, um, yeah, it's getting, well, it's getting proved right. What what made you stay around for fourteen years? Because if he was saying things that you found were ridiculous, he must have been showing you what he was saying is correct at the time. If you just stay around for fourteen years, you know, fourteen years isn't isn't just a few months; it's a long time. So he must have been doing stuff and proving things that working um, on quite a regular basis. 
I saw him do miraculous therapies on people that no one else could solve. And it turned out that most of those therapies were done with who's the matter with a person rather than what's the matter with them. And so, uh, for instance, one time someone came to me at the metaphysical bookstore and said, I can't explain this, but I know you can help me. I have a friend of mine that has a baby that was born with the eyes locked and the hands clenched and they won't unclench. And the doctors say, the child is a vegetable. You have to give it up. It, it will never be any better. So I said, well, I know this guy. And I just met Adano at that point and already figured out that he had special abilities. So she, uh, the friend took the baby to Adano Lay and he unclenched the hands and unclenched the eyes within one session. And as part of the Texas Institute of Reflux Science, we cross-crawled the child to help its development because it was nine months behind in development because it had been locked in that position all this time. I think they uh, fed the child by, uh, by uh, infusion, if I remember correctly. But anyway, it was... To me, that kind of thing became ordinary. So it was like kind of living in a, uh, what would you call it, Alice in Wonderland kind of fantasy. Mm -hmm. Because he would take uh, people that were supposedly could not be cured under any circumstances and cure them. What sort of things were you doing with him then? Like for that example, with that baby, what, what did he do? Uh, you know, I wasn't there for that time. But I'll tell you other incidents of where I was there. One time, uh, a lady had, had just finished recycling, and that's getting rid of an emotional trauma. And he suddenly looked at me and winked and uh, took his hand above her navel and swung it up like this. And her body came off the table about a full six inches up off the table. He did it three times. She sobbed and cried. He soothed her. And we walked out of the, the clinic room and I said, Adano, what was that? He said, umbilical trauma and walked on. So many of the things he dealt with were things that medicine couldn't possibly accept. And a good example, friends of ours who went to the school with Adano brought a screaming child in to see him one time. And the child was uh, screaming so intensely, they were going to go to the hospital, but they stopped in anyway. Let's see if Adano can do something. They brought the child in, took his shoes off, and the child was doing windmill kicking, you know, so uh, Adano looked annoyed that he couldn't get to the kid's feet. So he turned around to the parents and said, come over here, please. And they both came over. He rubbed their left shoulders, and the left is a male trauma, the right is a female trauma. When he rubbed those, the child was asleep in 30 seconds. Then Adano picked up the child, adjusted his neck. You heard a whole bunch of vertebrae go. Then he did the other side. And then the child woke up and just stared ahead. And then Adano went to the uh, father and said, uh, what did you do to upset him this morning? Well, I promised I'd take him to the store and I didn't do it. Next time you do that, if you touch him, on the shoulder while you tell them that you won't shock them and this wouldn't have happened and that's the kind of thing i saw on a regular ongoing basis so that who's the matter with you is more important than what's the matter with you this is um really interesting and a lot of people will be like this is this is 
this is nonsense, this is bullshit, like, you can't quantify it, and, I mean... I don't blame people for thinking that until, <laughs> unless you saw it. Yeah, yeah, I can completely, I can, I mean, I'm very open-minded, so I, I understand that things like this, and things you can't explain, especially in the metaphysical world, etc., this is something that you have to be, sort of be open, it's, it's a, it's, I mean, even science is proven now, even they're realising that the metaphysical is very powerful, and it's very real, um, and, yeah, it's hard to be... Uh, you're probably familiar with Rupert Sheldrake. He's my favorite uh, first. No, I'm, kind actually, of, I'm actually not. Uh, you're not familiar with him? No. Oh, uh, definitely uh, get on YouTube and start watching his videos. Rupert, because he's, Rupert. Uh, Rupert, it's R-U-P-E-R-T, yeah. and then Sheldrake, S-H-E-L-D-R-A-K-E. And he's definitely... Uh, He's a very serious scientist, but not regarded as a serious scientist. And his uh, his main nemesis is Richard Dawkins, by the way. Right, 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 right. Of course it is. Yeah, I mean, this is <laughs> yeah, this is. Uh, I'm, I'm excited to watch because I I know like things with these kind. It's it's amazing how these stored up emotions and things that are going on in the metaphysical can really impact us. And you know, because everyone wants to. Like so it's almost like people want to believe science and what's written down on paper more than their intuition, their feelings, and what's going on in the world. Because you know we're almost like the world that, like the people that they've been brainwashed into thinking that they have to say everything matter of fact. They don't understand that throughout time, different tribes, different myths, and stories, they all had even our feelings, our intuition were a big, big part of life. And it's it's almost almost been like brainwashed into thinking that if you believe that, then you're a nutcase. Whereas, you, when you get a feeling about something, you walk into a room and the energy's not right. You can feel it's not right. You're like, this isn't great, and that's your intuition. That's that's the that's the energy. That's, I mean, it's things that you know science can't explain. Love does it mean it's not real? Um, and so, yeah. And so, this is really. So, I want to. There's lots of stuff I want to talk to you about here, Adam. But I'll stay with this because it's really interesting. Who's the matter, and not what's the matter? And also, you mentioned recycling there. So for someone, who's the matter, not what's the matter? So is in, is in the thoughts that's going in your mind, or could you mention there the baby? I mean, touched it. How how would so, how would someone's left shoulder impact the baby that's on the table? Because the baby's not feeling that. How would that how would that impact the the child? How would touching the parents impact the child? It's through the uh, parents, because we are not separate as much as we think. Uh, we are. In fact, I've worked on several people, and coming to mind are two ladies. Uh, I would have them lie on the floor because I worked as a traveling therapist, and so a table was inconvenient, and the people I stayed with when I was a traveling reflexologist uh, didn't have tables, so I would stay over at their homes, do workshops all around the country. But anyway, a perfect example, I'm turning someone's feet, and their child has what uh, Donald Lay called frontierism. You know, they're running all over the place, uh, pulling things off shelves and running around. So I said, I'm going to rub your feet and relax you, and your child's going to fall asleep. But before he falls asleep, he's going to come and try to do a belly flop on your belly, because that's where the connection is coming from. And, of course, the mother looked at me like it was strange, but when the child did just that, she was ready for the belly flop. 
Then, after a couple of belly flops, the child just rolled over on the floor and fell asleep. And so we are connected in such a way where uh, uh, that's why mothers often know when their children are in trouble. You know, uh, a relationship by blood works by FM radio instead of AM. If you have a girlfriend or uh, someone has a spouse that they're really attached to, it works by AM, by intensity, the passion or the intensity of the love. But AM just needs blood. It's just a geometric body resonance. They used to call it the law of signatures. You're connected and the signal is there, and so you resonate with it. Much like a gong is always known as a gong, no matter how big or large it is, a... Uh, a symbol is always a symbol, no matter how big or large it is. A uh, guitar string is always a guitar string, etc. That's the FM way of connecting. And that's why it's more, it's seen more through relatives. But when people get intensely related, you probably had uh, thought of a friend and they call on the telephone at that exact moment in time. That's a perfect example of an AM uh, transmission. And so, I mean... So with, with the child, what you mentioned there about the child and, and falling asleep, is it, the tr is, it, is it the connection going both ways or is it mainly the child reacting to the parents or can the parents also react to the child? Which way is it going or is it both ways? Both ways, yes. It goes to the present and the future. And I studied with a man named Wudang Chen and he said that it actually goes three generations to the uh, past and three generations into the future. And that's the connection. And he said enlightenment is being a hundred generations into the past and a hundred generations into the future. So the, this type of therapy uh, transcends our ideas of what time is. And uh, Adonal Lay was always talking about timing and how you could actually, uh, that the future was not evolving it was unfolding it was like a movie that had already been made and we think that we're evolving into it but the destiny is already taken care of that it's already known sometimes this has been known critically as last thursdayism by the way i think bertrand russell called it that what, what and so what does that actually mean last thursdayism in other words, everything, everything that we're doing now is, is a movie script. It's like no matter how many times I watch The Matrix, Neo is going to still end up flying away from that phone boat at the end of the movie. Right. It, watch it over and over and over again, but that's how it is. Very similar to Gurdjieff and Ospensky's idea that I think they got from Nietzsche, where we live our life over and over again, but we live it the same way but we have an option to realize that we're living a dream and that we can get out of it. There's a book called Strange Life of Ivan Osikin by Ospensky, P.D. Ospensky, that uh, wrote with that type of theme in mind, and that actually only one in a million people actually escape their lifetime that they live over and over again. So it's very related to those type of ideas. And I have no dog in that fight which one is right, but I do know that time and space uh, evolve in different ways because I assure you I can, t I can give you about hundreds, several hundred of stories with the Donald Lay that I personally experienced that uh, at least bend the rules of physics and time. I'm looking forward to them and we'll get to them in a minute. 
what you just said there about being three generations in front and three behind. I mean, they they've shown with with women, um, like the grandmother carried uh, part of the granddaughter inside them. Like the female fetus, fetus is born with all the eggs she will ever have in her lifetime. So when the grandmother's carrying her mother in her womb. Um, the, the granddaughter was actually a tiny egg in her mother's ovaries as well so the three of them had been connected and that's like physically but talking about it metaphysically is really interesting um, because as you said before it's like you keep on getting the same lessons and, unless you learn them is that what you mean by keep on until you realise that it's like you, you're your dad's mistakes or your dad's journey and your grandpa's same with like the women but it's almost like, it's the same as in, in the universe kids giving you the same lessons until you learn it is it the same sort of you're you're living that same sort of journey as your fathers and grand grandparents until you get out of the sort of their their troubles or your troubles until you break those patterns is that correct am I, or am I talking nonsense no similar to the biblical thing about uh, the uh, the sins of the fathers are visited upon the children to the fourth or fifth generation so it's very much like that. We we think we're disconnected from our parents as a separate entity. But think of it. The sperm and the ovum that made us, two cells, are the parents. Mm-hmm. So it's a very physical, not even a metaphysical connection. In fact, uh, Swami Nitty didn't care for the word uh, metaphysical much. He said this is all physical, only it's beyond what science investigates And because it's a type of science you can't see, like we can see the particulate body here, but we can't see our electrical field, our magnetic field, our pressurization barometric field, and our sonic field, and our supersonic and ultrasonic and asonic fields as well, which he dealt with extensively. (laughs) We need to go into them as well. So, right, he doesn't like the term metaphysical. We, We talk about that because... Because it's just a way of people understanding what we're talking about. You know, it's, it's something that's easy for the people to digest, and we might as well do that. Um, but I, I, I can understand where it's coming from. It's like having a name for saying, but it's, it's. I'm trying to think of an example, it, but it, it just is. You know, once you know about these things, it just is. In your, what would be your description of the metaphysical? What would be the best way to explain someone to someone? Say someone that's never heard of this word before. What would be the best way? to explain this on what the metaphysical is? Uh, They would be into other ways of knowing besides uh, conversation and mind. In other words, like ESP and uh, clairaudience, all of these type of connections. And uh, Swami Nitty Gritty could do that quite easily. But he would usually, if you challenge him to do it, he would deliberately flub it up so that you thought that he didn't know. Because he didn't like people knowing that he could do that kind of thing. Uh, when I realized that he really had supernatural abilities, actually, I realized it before this incident. But one time I was in his presence. I think I've known him for two or three months. And I suddenly had the realization. Donald has never said, I don't know, ever to anything. He's answered every question and never said, I don't know. So I concocted a question. I believe it was about... Uh, the uh, swallows coming back to Capistrano or some idiotic question. And I asked it to him and he looked at me leaning forward and said, I don't know. And of course, I knew he did know then because he read my mind that I said that he had never said, I don't know. And by the way, he answered the question about a year later. (laughs) 
it's 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 a it's a, it's amazing. So if uh, so if you were, so if you were just a, I don't know if you can do this. If you could say tell someone what the metaphysical is though in a sentence, how would you sum it up? Uh, wow! It's anything that we don't know uh, about with the conscious mind. And though people claim that the brain, the, that what we don't know with the brain is about, uh, or what we know with the brain is only 10%, I would give it a much smaller percentage. As Carl Jung put it, the unconscious is everything we don't know. And to me, that's a lot when you have an expanding universe of hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of galaxies out there, and who knows where it ends. We certainly don't. And uh, that's a lot of information that we don't know. And that's the unconscious that we're dealing with. What you, you can call it the superconscious, the subconscious, whatever it is, it's all the unconscious. Do you find it hard to talk to many people, Atom, because a lot of people are not on the same wavelength. They're all caught up in this superficial world, this life. Do you find it hard to have to not make friends, but to not to make friends, but to, to find people that are into the same things as you or can actually have a conversation about these things? It helped me to be working at a metaphysical bookstore when I first met Adano. But even then, I've been called a contrarian, even among the contrarians, because I find that a lot of so-called metaphysics is BS itself, you know, where people, because it's not, doesn't have rules that we have in our society, anyone can make up things about it. And I find out a lot of holistic, so-called holistic therapists, acupuncturists, whatnot, have made up rules that don't really exist. And if you examine them, and I've examined a lot of those. Uh, give me, uh, give me an example. Well, uh, take the law of five out of acupuncture. Are you familiar with that one? No, uh, I'm not. But I know that I've, I've heard about Paul Chetel's law of four a lot of time, but law of five, go for it. The law of five has five element law. It's called an acupuncture. And actually, the metal and the air at the end of the law are reversed. But you tell that to an acupuncturist, you're going to have a lot of trouble. And yet it clearly is a, a fact of what they call the tattvas in yoga. In other words, we have a precipitate body. It's called earth. We have a water body, called, which is electronics. Mm -hmm. uh, we have a magnetic body, which they call fire. And that's related to it, like in the northern lights. And then we have a barometric pressure body, which is called air. And then we have a sonic body that rules it all. And if you look at the hand, you have an ear right there showing that the hearing of the sonic level versus the, uh, the, the gaseous level, the magnetic thermal level, or metabolic level, if you will, and the electrical level or water level, ionization with water, and then the particulate body or solid earth. Uh, interesting enough, Swami Nitty Gritty was once asked to demonstrate that, and let's see if I remember how he did it. He says it's like this, clap, air, heat, precipitation, and then he touched the person that he was talking to for the particular body part of it. So I thought that was brilliant that he could just think that up just like, just like that. In other words, we have those five elements. There's the sonic part mm -hmm. of our body that holds us together as in something called cymatics, which originated out of your country with uh, Dr. Guy Manners, who also had a certain amount of BS in his uh, approach, but he was right about five uh, forces in nature holding uh, 
the, the us together basically. So you have your sonics, then you have your your lick your uh, your air. Yeah. I'm flowing without the precipitation. Yeah. yeah. That's like the wind. It's called wood in the I Ching. And then you have your thermal level, your metabolic level, your heat level, which is also your magnetic, like in the northern lights, that's a heat reaction in the atmosphere. Then you go down into the liquid level, and obviously we're liquid. If you go by weight, 99% water, not the 60 to 80% you hear about. And then you go into the precipitate matter, which is the ouch part. This is what Nitty Gritty called it, the part that bumps into the wall. If you don't understand that, you can actually walk through that wall. If you know you can walk through it, you will. But if you don't know, you're going to bump your nose, as he put it. You ever see, you ever see his, walk through a wall? His, his idea of what this universe was was completely different than most people thought. And he said, what keeps us here is Maya or mind that the mind has made a law out of that wall that we can't go through it. And yet, if you look at a TV screen, how come none of those little white uh, electrons bump into each other no matter what? He said, if you really could focus, you could walk right through that wall in the same way as none of those bump together. Because the nature of reality is quantum. It's become a fancy word now and a very abused word. But there is such a thing as quantum reality, and we live it. So, did you ever see him walk for a wall? You see which one? Did you ever see him walk for a wall? No, I never did. <laughs> but I saw other unusual things that uh, shouldn't be able to be done. I want to talk about them, but when you said this with people, because people, what you said there about the molecule, I want people to understand. The table they're on, or the computer they're touching, it's not actually solid. It is a bunch of particles. It's, but people it, they don't understand that. They don't realize it. But if you go and headbutt the wall, you're going to feel it, you know. But it's it is all moving particles, um, but it's 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 hard for people to comprehend because obviously what you see people believe, um, and so you have to go into this. And there's lots of study that needs to go around it to even un understand it. Uh, I mean, it's, it's quite. You have to have an open mind first of all, and it has to sort of understand the, the things that you've been taught are only half of the story. If that makes right. sense. Um, Usually I only give half of the story because otherwise I would be committed as a raving lunatic, by the way. <laughs> yeah. But when you hang out with a man like uh, – well, let me give you an example too. Uh, one time uh, he used to visit me in California here in a little town called Carpinteria. He'd come and see me four times a year. Well, one time uh, 3 o'clock in the morning was a special time for him. It's lung time. It's a good time to meditate. He recommended people get up at that time. So anyway, three o'clock in the morning, rain hits the roof of my mobile home. And I knew it was a signal from him that he's telling me he's in town. So I immediately went to the phone and put my hand on the receiver. And within five or ten seconds, ring, and it's him. So I went and got him. Uh, it directed him into my mobile home uh, from where he called me from. And then three months later, the same thing happened. And the rain hits my trailer at exactly three o'clock in the morning. I go and hold the phone. This time he brings a friend of mine along named Ginger. And Ginger says, are you doing something to get him here at a certain time or something? Uh, why do you say that? Because I actually, I suppose I am. 
And she said, I wouldn't be doing that anymore because he drove like a bat out of hell to get here. And normally he made a big thing about driving at 60 miles an hour exactly, no matter what. He put it in cruise control. And if you were driving, if you were behind the wheel and you went up to 61, he would, his head would rise from the back if he was lying down and say, uh, 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 could you uh, please slow down or something like that. But anyway, so I didn't do it. And then the next time he didn't show up. Then my mother got cancer, and I needed an example of him showing up. So I kind of got a message from him that he was coming in a day early. And my mother said, he's not coming in a day early. Uh, he said he's coming in tomorrow. I said, no, he's going to come in tonight. And sure enough, I wasn't there. But suddenly, a huge amount of rain hit the top of my mother's mobile home. And there's a knock at the door, and it's him. He was connected with the rain in a very strange way. He would only initiate you if it rained. And so there he is knocking at the door ahead of time, just like I already knew. It's, uh... So whether you call him extrasensory perception or whatever, it's a very real thing. And particularly around him, I lived a magical life at that point because it was all that kind of stuff was going on. It's really... Most people probably thought about something or someone and they've got a message off them or a phone call to them. The thing is with it, it doesn't happen all the time. So people are like, oh, it's just coincidence. So why, how, it's, it's, it's basically what The Secret talks about. I know it's a, it's a book that you can think about things unless you go and do it and try and make things happen. The universe is not going to inspire. You just sit there and go, oh, I want to be a millionaire. Nothing's going to happen unless you get, get off your ass and do something about it. But is that sort of the sort of, Part of what they're talking about in the secret, like manifesting things, thinking about them, putting putting the frequency of those thoughts out there. Like, how does it work? If I want, a, so I'm in love with a girl and I really want this girl to call me. How do I make her call me, or not make her? But how, what 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 is me thinking about her and her calling me, picking up the phone? Is that gonna put things out to the universe to make her call me? Or if I want a job, like, and and I'm thinking about someone, or, or for example, I want to. I don't know, whatever it may be, I want to do something, and I'm thinking about putting my frequency on those levels. Is that going to impact that? Is that going to make me more susceptible to that coming in my, in my realm? All I can say, it, is ha it has in my life. One time, I went up to visit uh, a friend of mine, and uh, to help her out, I bought her course on affirmations. So I'm listening to a CD on the way back. Uh, I was about 400 miles away that I was visiting her, and... It was going on. Your job is doing better. Your job is doing better. You're making money. And I realized by then that's an intermediate state. I want the beach state. I want the money state. I don't want the work state. I just want that. So I took it out immediately and said, because I got two phone calls for jobs at that point. And I said, I just want the money. Well, I went home to the ranch and I wrote an affirmation that said, I get paid just for breathing. And I got a check in the mail for $15,000 out of nowhere. It was a, uh, it was a, an uncle had left me some money in his will and the money, uh, I'd heard that he was going to leave me some money uh, about a year before and now I get the check at that point. Well, I told the clinging lady at the ranch I was staying at about that because she had seen the secret on Oprah, you know, they're talking about it. So uh, she went and... Uh, and I told her how I got that money. So she went and uh, get actually was rescued by the fire department for not breathing. <laughs> so 
I had bragged to it to a friend who taught me these affirmations named Greg Whiteley. And he called me up and he said, you know, because uh, I was bragging about what had happened. And he said, you know, you're an old yogi and you can get uh, get away with things like that. But a lot of people would rather stop breathing than take the money. And I thought, oh, my God, it happened. <laughs> he was rescued by the fire department. Mm. He said, well, I'll be careful who you give those affirmations to. As Swami Nitty Gritty said, that we have the power to uh, affect atomic reality through our spine. But not everybody is given the power to do that because they can actually uh, destroy themselves in the process. And that was a good example. We almost lost the clinging lady at uh, Two Creek Ranch in uh, Fayetteville, Texas. <laughs> so how often did you say that I, I get paid us for breathing? Was it saying that you did morning, noon, and night? I did a technique that Greg Whiteley told me, and it, the thing is that you believe it. That's the main thing. But I did this technique like this. I, Adam, get paid just for breathing. I, Adam, get paid just for breathing. I did that three times. Then you, Adam, get paid just for breathing three times. Then Adam gets paid for breathing three times. That gets to your programming through self-programming, through your friends, and through what you read in the paper. Then I reverted to six times I, Adam, get uh, paid for breathing. It just paid for breathing. And that's all I did. I did it for one day and I got the money, which is unusual because before when I've done it, following Greg Whiteley's techniques, uh, it took me sometimes a month to get what I uh, needed. And believe me, I can give you many stories where I have gotten things like that by just doing it. So there was really no action. Well, there was action. I wrote. In fact, as Greg Whiteley put it, all you all I, all you need is a big chief tablet and a pencil, a five cent pencil, and you can have anything you want. You gotta and believe he, it though. Uh, he's a world traveler. When he first started, uh, he was sick, so sick that people were paying his rent, and he was sick. As he put it, he got well enough to go see Adonis Lay, who he had studied with earlier. He crawled into the clinic and O'Donnell looked at him and said, I can't do a thing for you. So now he was really downtrodden. And Greg told me the story, but there was a witness who I know personally that was there when this happened, that it actually he did crawl into the clinic. So anyway, uh, O'Donnell said, but inside you will find a power within yourself that you can't even imagine. And so Greg said, I'm going to see if this crap, new age crap works. And he started writing these affirmations and his whole life transformed. Now he's got a bigger undersea library than uh, Cousteau's son does. He travels all over the world. He has uh, 40 acres of land up in Idaho. He, has, uh, he goes to take any workshops he wants around the world, uh, sometimes spending a month in these various places. And he's been a good friend of mine and he paid for six uh, all expense paid trips for to Hawaii for me, plus other trips to two to Idaho, one to Corpus Christi, blah 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 blah, and uh, he's uh, he definitely has lives what he says. You know, a lot of people I see that give you affirmations and they're not doing anything with them. But one thing I admire about Greg, he doesn't walk his talk; he talks his walk, which is a whole different thing when you really think about it. In other words, he's saying what he's already doing instead of doing it or saying it and then going to try to do it. So the key you said is believing. You have to believe this. Like you have to believe it's coming your way. 
have you tried it with anything else yourself apart from the money? Uh, you know, the thing is that with me, it's, it's, uh, what would you call it? Incomplete. Like sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. But when it has worked, it's been dramatic. Is that because of your belief though? Is that because sometimes you really didn't believe it and other times you did? That's it. Because see, I believe, and that's an interesting word, I believe there are 7 billion people on this planet and they all believe elsewhere. So we have electromagnetic fields. EMF is a brainwave, right? About seven cycles per second. The Schumann uh, resonance, we're often somewhere around that in the human brain. Well, they interfere with us. Even Carlos Castaneda has written about that. That's why three in the morning is the best time. You get the skip on the radio. You may have done that. If you get up about three in the morning, you can get a radio station maybe all the way in France or someplace that you normally couldn't get. Here we can get it at 3,000 miles away if you uh, get up. Then about six in the morning, all the static will come in and make noise and you can't get it. Well, apparently the brain works something like that, which is why uh, in cultures all around the world, they've gotten up at three o'clock in the morning, whether they're Catholic monks or they're uh, in India or they're uh, Qigong masters. They get up at that time in the morning and do their meditations or their uh, Tai Chi workouts. So you're saying the, the amount of people that are up distorts, distorts the energy. So it's like when you're in a big football stadium, um, people are trying to get on their mobile phones and they can't. Yes, that's why if you get three or four, three, three people gathered in my name, I believe it is, when the, when the minds align, if you get uh, uh, several people, a bunch of people together, like in a church, you get more chances of miracles because these people's brains are aligned to the same focus. So if you're doing a thing individually, you have to have a very strong willpower and imagination. It's not just willpower, it's imagination too. As uh, what is the name of the author that used to say that uh, every day uh, in every way I get better and better. His name escapes me right now, but he understood that it was imagination because if you walk across a beam that's uh, six foot wide and it's on your floor, it's easy. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. Do it uh, when you're uh, up in the Empire State Building and go on that board. And most people, their imagination will make them fall off mm -hmm. of that thing. So this man, his name again escapes me, got that correctly, that you need the imagination plus the willpower to carry it out. It's like, no, I was going to say, it's just like Henry Ford, the man who thinks he can't, the man who thinks he can, they're both right. Um, in, 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 a basic sort of in a basic sort of term, right? That's it, exactly. And see, I studied a lot with Carl Jung. I went to a Carl Jung Center for two years, and he was really into synchronicity, and, and uh, that time is kind of a loose thing. You know, a lot of people don't know that Carl Jung was very metaphysical. Uh, if you read his memories, dreams, and uh, reflections, how many other psychologists will, will say and put in print that an army of ghosts knocked at his door and asked directions, and he gave them directions. Now, that's not a standard thing that you would find from a Freudian analyst or a, or a other type of standard analyst, and they would think that Jung was a bit balmy there for saying that. But he led a very metaphysical existence and, uh, and had definitely uh, what you would call psychic powers. Uh, 
So you hackneyed word. So you believe in psychics, mediums, and ghosts and spirits. I've uh, hung out with lots of them. At the Metaphysical Bookstore, we had uh, South American Healers, Alberto Aguas. We had Sean Harabance, who is the most uh, uh, tested under laboratory conditions psychic in the world, under biofeedback conditions. Sean Harabance, he's still alive and living in Houston, Texas. Sean uh, Harabance. Yes, I pr because I worked at the Metaphysical Bookstore, I got a lot of tr free uh, sessions and things like that. He was so good, I actually got a second one. Can you, now, can you put me in touch with him? Um, you know, I, I might be able to do that. Let me cool. see if I can. Yeah, yeah, cool. he, he would be a very interesting person to interview. And in fact, uh, at one time, a friend of mine said, you predicted that flying saucers we're going to land in Houston in 1999. Uh, do you really believe that's going to happen? He said, no, but you got to tell him something to build up a buzz. So, so he was a unique uh, uh, kind of a con man in a way, but uh, very honest. He said, I, you know, I'd make a, I'm psychic, but it takes, uh, it takes energy. And Edgar Casey died younger because of uh, doing this. So I only do it to make my money because I don't get paid by Dr. Roll or Dr. Ryan for the research because he worked with both of those uh, men. They were very famous. Dr. Ryan actually wrote for Reader's Digest back when ESP was a little more uh, acceptable than it became later when drugs took out the human mind and uh, they decided that ESP was not uh, pertinent to our society. By the way, mesmerism, animal magnetism, hypnotism is a remnant of it. There were thousands of books written on mesmerism uh, before like 1920, thousands of books. And uh, Lafayette was a mesmerist. Uh, uh, Dickens was a mesmerist. Uh, there were a whole bunch of mesmerists. Oh, uh, one of the Rockefellers, William Rock, uh, Rockefeller, studied with a mesmerist. So what is a mesmerist? What is a mesmerist, Adam? Well, mesmerist is where we you deal with animal magnetism and a lot of the things that we talk, we're talking about right now, psychic abilities, because it's not just mind on mind. And by the way, O'Donnell uh, uh, could talk through his forehead. I mean, you could, you could, he would... Uh, talk to certain people who could do that. And he said, talking out of the mouth is the lower area because this is the highest chakra of the sperm. But there's a whole other chakra system that goes to the medulla oblongata. Is that why like friends can, friends can sometimes know what they're thinking? Yes. Yes. Often that's what it is. And it's random in most people because they don't understand the anatomy. Now, Donald Lay knew the anatomy. And if you want to increase your, say, psychic ability, which he didn't recommend, he recommended doing the spiritual practices and that will accompany it. You can't stop it. But if you try for the spiritual, then you're basically not working with the fuel you need to do that. So, but one way to increase the psychic ability is there's a flat spot in the back of your skull here. You press on that and you actually get the sound current in your ears. And when you hear it in the right, you're making progress. And then when it goes up into the center of your forehead, you're making even more progress. It's very interesting. When you, when you talk, what is, um, just to clarify people out there, what is ESP? Uh, extrasensory perception. 
Right. And so this guy, like uh, Robert Sheldrake, is that the... No, sorry, not Robert Sheldrake. Um, Sean Horbanes? Sean Horbanes. Horbanes. No. So I was just... When- I was just going to ask quickly, Adam, just people out there, I've got lots of people out there that are quite open-minded, other people that, I don't know if you've heard of a guy called Darren Brown, He he's done lots of shows where he's sort of taken these psychics and he's made them look very, very silly because he's talked about um, how it's just, it's, it's all it's, it's, it's all sort of like a, a mirage out there and um, he's done lots of shows where he's done that. I believe in, I think it's like everything, some people are shards and some people can actually do it, um, depending on it. But, Someone would say, well, why comes, how comes, has Sean ever won the lottery? Or has he ever picked the lottery numbers? Like, why, 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 why hasn't he, I mean, is he rich? Is he famous? Why hasn't he been able to um, see into the future and, and make, make his life where he wants it to be? The good question is why Donald Lay didn't do that. And he said he just got enough money to get himself down the road each time and he wasn't interested in, he was interested in, uh, let's see how he worded it. I make enough money to pay my bills ahead of time with some to spare and some to share. And that's all he wanted to do. And if someone would come and test him like that, he would fail all the time. So it got to be a joke. He fell fell on purpose. Yes. Only the people that were around him, he would. So, uh, So I agree that most psychics, because we had a lot of them at the Phoenix Metaphysical Bookstore in Houston, Texas, most of them were fake. Most of them couldn't psychic themselves out of a paper bag. Sean Harabans happened to be real. His explanation of what he did was different than the Donald Lays, who said he was using microwave uh, as force. The first person, ironically, that went in to get the uh, test for, uh, get a reading from Sean Harabans said, uh, don't you want to dim the lights? No, I don't need it. Uh, well, do you want to uh, uh, just let, give me your photograph? He said, Hmm, you have a sex problem. Uh, this this woman happened to be, uh, and this is not necessarily a problem, but she happened to be a lesbian, and she got highly insulted and came running down the stairs and said, he's mad, he's crazy. So that was his first treatment. And at the end of the day, he said, that was my best reading. <laughs> <laughs> I was up there, so I went up hesitantly, like, well, who is this guy? <laughs> well, and, and did he, and did he, and so he he's done a reading for you before? Oh, yes, I did two readings. One I got for free because I worked at the metaphysical bookstore, and the other one I paid for it because it was so interesting that he uh, got my mother's uh, high and low blood pressure, uh, got that the one photograph of a friend I heard uh, had divorced uh, his wife, and, and for the reason he gave that, he, that uh, she divorced him, and several other things were so interesting to me that I brought back more photos later to have them investigated. Uh, some of them, I think, were incorrect, but they were close. As uh, Donald Lay said, a psychic has to see through their own aura to see other people's, so they can only be 80% right at the, uh, at the best. So, so when you're talking about like what's the, who's the matter, not what's the matter, is that when these people like um, Donald Lay and Sean see you, are they seeing you in a different way? So we're seeing a person. Are they seeing like different fields and energy coming up and down and, and things being blocked? Or are they seeing like different energy going from different places? Is that how do they? How do they know it's who's the matter and not what's the matter? For example. Yes. No. Maybe. Now mm-hmm. the the joke is that I do something called body dowsing. 
And this is available to anybody because I discovered it accidentally. You don't have to be have, you don't have to have a psychic bone in your body to do this. All you have to do is be able to read muscle movements of a person. And the easiest place to read them are in the feet. When I first studied Gurdjieff, you may or may not have heard about Gurdjieff. He talked about being able to hold a person's hand and read their minds. Well, I thought, wow, that would be cool. That must You must be a master to tell that. But then one day I was doing simple reflexology on a tennis player friend of mine, and I was turning his feet, and he mentioned a woman's name, and his right foot jumped. And I remember thinking, could it be that easy? So I said, could you repeat what you said? He said, sure. And when he mentioned the woman's name, his right foot jumped. That changed my whole approach to therapy. After that, I realized that anytime you have a cognitive shock called an engram in some quarters, uh, it registers uh, on muscle movements, gross motor movements I'm talking about, not something like uh, dowsing with a pendulum or anything, gross movements. This is available to anybody. You can take someone's feet and and just turn them because it's amplified at the feet compared to the hands. I, through experience, can feel a person's hands or even see their cheeks and their eyes uh, reactions they have when they talk about certain people like their ex-wife or their ex-husband or whatever. But it's so easy and it's almost too easy. I've only taught half a dozen people or a dozen people and all the time I've done workshops that have actually ended up practicing it and doing it to see who's the matter with them. Because every disease you get, whether it's a minor disease or it's cancer, I've never found an exception where a who was not involved in some way in that disease process. And, ever. and so doing things like working on the mind is so important. So with our programs, I'm sure with you, we always talk about the mind, you know, getting that mind, journaling, getting things out of your head onto paper, um, things like emotional freedom technique, things like discovery, a lot of things where, you know, the, the mental emotional side of things is just as important as the nutritional aspects and other side because if that's not right, it comes out. So when you're mentioning, so that, so that, so same ways it can be released in different ways and dispersed in different ways and energy is dispersed. When that body part is moving, that's like a trigger that's, that's been built up over time or could it, would it be one incident, um, is it just is it just like your feelings your your your, your built built up tense up feelings towards that person and how and from seeing that how would you get that person to release that tension aha uh-huh. emotional freedom technique one of my pet peeves because you you can't correct that with emotion you have to correct it with the action yeah. now i'm yeah. going to give you an extreme case one time adonalay was working on a man who was in a wheelchair and he got him to walk For the first time in eight years, he was actually walking. Uh, That man had an automobile that you drove with your hands, and he was going to see his grandmother, and he crashed and couldn't come. Adonale explained the reason he did that is because he had crippled himself with his own mind so he wouldn't strangle his grandmother. So the only way he could get out of that wheelchair is strangle his grandmother. Now, there's another way. Do something greater. In other words, this is where action comes in. If you want to do an action like hit somebody, you either complete that action because karma is an action that isn't completed or you find something better. And of course, there's much better 
reasons uh, or to be healthy than hit somebody or harm somebody. Probably related to Frank Sinatra's statement that the best revenge is massive success. And that's why you have to do something. So all this tapping and eye movements and kinesiology and all, it's fallacious because it, it because uh, the one thing about my body dowsing technique, uh, a friend of mine in Sedona said, uh, I, I said, you have a problem with this woman when she mentioned the name and the feet. Oh, no, Roger cleared her out of my cellular memory. And I said, if he had cleared it out of your cell, her out of your cellular memory, I couldn't find her. But she's here. And whenever you find that kind of muscle movement, it means your proprioception is off. You can fall down the stairs. Your kinesis is off. You have a weak muscle. You can fall and injure yourself there or suddenly get a pain. Very similar to John E. Sarno, the doctor's name, who finds that fibromyalgia is in your mind. Uh, almost 99% of all back problems, maybe 90%, are fictional. They're actually in your mind. And by clearing the who in your mind, you can you can get rid of the back pain or the fibromyalgia or the you don't need the knee replacement or the hip replacement because there's no such thing as pain from those organs like chiropractors and osteopaths want to tell you and medical doctors. It's something that I, I do 100% believe that. I do think it's linked in when people start to make changes with their physical and their diet, etc., it's another way of releasing that tension because they're almost doing something for them rather than letting that person still impact it. Does that make sense? So it's sort of like, yeah, it's a way of, it's a way of, yeah, releasing that tension in a way of saying, you said, as you said before, the best revenge is success. So becoming the better version of themselves allows them to release. And that's why they do when they start working on themselves in whatever way, it's a complete, you start unlocking these stored problems stored energy disease whatever you want to call it, it and it and it because it manifests in certain ways and that's the way you can release them and they say it's more than one way to skin a cat but it's just what can work for someone something will work better for others and other people have you ever had anyone that you've done that dowsing technique on that hasn't had a reaction uh never and you know adonal lay taught me the 99 percent rule that there is no 100%, but I have, haven't found an exception to it yet. I'm sure it exists. I know it exists. Donald A. said at the very least it exists for the greater glory of God is how he put it. Yeah, of course. But, yeah. but I have never found an exception, whether a person had cancer or who was involved, whether they had uh, minor humorous problems. Like one time I came into town because I'm subject to this just as much as anybody else. Uh, my mind is not clear. So I have my own little twitches and uh, body movements. This time I came into town and I had a girlfriend. And she said, I have a problem with my left knee. Now, left is male. I knew it was possibly me. So I said, well, what color do you think of? Which is another way of analyzing the mind. She said, yellow. Yellow means decision. Knee means decision. So I said, do you have to make a decision about a male? She said, yes, you. I have to decide whether I want to be in a relationship with you or not. 
So I said, okay. So we did a session and I went on to O'Donnell Lay's clinic, which was about three or four miles down the road. At that time, we were dancing to a clearing tape called The Prisoner of Love or the Sonic Colonic sometimes. And I'm dancing away like this at it. And the phone rings and O'Donnell said, it's for you. And he hands it to me. And she said, I've decided I want to be in a relationship with you. I said, fine. I hung up. I started dancing and my right knee gave out and I fell to the floor. But on the way down to the floor, oh, my God, I have to decide if I want to be in a relationship with her now. <laughs> so there was a perfect example of how it works in a humorous light. Uh, I mean, I, I completely understand. I completely understand. It's, it's something that people don't think about that often, like things. This is why I always talk about it sportsmen and injuries and stuff and there's so much going on I mean they just they get on the pitch despite their conditioning coaches and they're a lot of the time and it's willpower is amazing all these injuries that they got for people Adam before you go so people you know when you're sort of falling into sleep and your body twitches and your foot can twitch or if you're getting sometimes you're getting energetic other got sound healing and stuff like that you can twitch is that releasing tension of people or is it the nervous system resetting itself in your opinion what what is that it's like a teapot where you have the, the – it doesn't get rid of the problem, but it mitigates it and eventually can do it. That's why yawning and stretching, something called pandiculation, is big in my books. If a person doesn't know who's the matter with them, and often they don't, They're, they think they know it's their father or the mother or their spouse, but often it's someone else. Their spouse can be a, a, a hideout for their brother or sister uh, we relive these uh, ways in very complicated manners. Body dowsing can find the exact person where the problem comes from. But yawning and stretching is one way. Color recycling, going through the following colors, for instance. All you have to do in your brain to clear the colors in your brain, and all color comes in trauma. Uh, we get cleared of a trauma, right? No one gets colored of a trauma. They get cleared of a trauma. They become transparent. Think of the word, transparent parent that is one thing that tends to at least give you a little more autonomy than that little boy and his parents had with the connections between them so the colors that clear your brain are and the listeners can hear this too then black gray brown red orange yellow green blue indigo violet white you can do it that fast and clear a person or you can simply uh, visualizing the colors even give more power. Eventually, that is one technique that will help you clear it. But until you do the forbidden action or the action you promised, I'm going to be a millionaire. You don't become a millionaire. You better find something better and more endearing because the brain keeps score. It's like a mass prodigy with an agenda that's, that has a, uh, uh, an agenda to keep you uh, to live your word. When people open the big fat mouth, as Swami Nitty Gritty uh, called it, they better be prepared to live it. If you think it, it's a thought passing through your head, often from somebody else, because people often come up with the same invention at the same time. But once you open your mouth and say it, you're signing the signature on the paper. And you are now indebted to do whatever you said you would. And if you didn't, you have to figure out how to get rid of that and unsign the paper and pay off that debt. And in my experience, I found out that's absolutely true.
I've got a lot of depths myself with the big fat mouse to uh, undo. It's really interesting. This is one. Of, do you know Jordan Peterson? What's his name? Jordan Peterson. Do you know Jordan Peterson? He's a clinical psychologist out of Canada. He's very, very big. He's got a, a book out at the moment called Twelve Rules for Life. He's a if you uh, right, listen to all his videos, he's, he's studied Carl Jung and everything like that. He's very, very good. He comes to prominence in Canada because he refused to say is and hers by uh, law. It, it, Canada tried to mandate language and he was like, no, it's not happening. And and him and a lot of people, he's saying out arenas and stuff, but one of, the, one of his rules in his book, 12 Rules for Life, is speak the truth. Um, speak the truth, don't, or at least don't lie. Um, and so it works both ways, you know. When you speak the truth, he said, and you've got to be prepared for that. Or when you're saying to yourself like that, people do write checks with it. Say, we say, you're right, your your mouth's writing checks that your ass can't cash. Um, so if you do that, you know, speak the truth. And if you fully believe it, you're going to go and get it. That's fine. But is it is it only when you say something that you know within you isn't attainable? If you say something and you really believe it and you're really going to go after it, that's fine. But is it only if you say something that's not attainable or something that you know deep down you're not going to do? Swami Nidhigurdi actually said uh, it's okay to lie because the whole universe is a lie. And your lie can actually become reality. But I have met people who have lived their mouths and were perfectly ready to accept the consequences. One man I met at Key West, Florida, he was a teacher in Tennessee, I believe it was. And during a snowstorm, he took off his shoes and walked barefoot out into the snow and decided, I will tell the truth no matter what. So in Hawaii, when he's got pot on him and they were asking, do you have anything to declare? He was going to say pot. But they asked everybody else in that line but him, but didn't ask him. And so he just walked on with the pot plant. I met him when, after he had been in Mexico and he had been uh, uh, involved with, uh, with drug lords and all kinds of things where he could have been killed. And he survived it all. And when I met him in Key West, he had hooked up with a millionaire who liked his attitude and was letting him live in his house there for free in Key West. So some people get away with that stuff. I was taught by Adonis Lay that a white lie, like if someone says, how do you like my dress? You don't say that's the most terrible thing, even if you think it. You say that's a very nice dress. And if you do, you're very diplomatic about how you put it. And uh, so Adonis was for the white lie and said that sometimes we live our lies. Many times I have made a statement that was a lie and it happened. Now, I have to be careful because negative things have happened like that, but I've actually got jobs. One time uh, I said, I, I have, I'm quitting your job because I got hired by the telephone company. So I went down quickly and put in my application and they hired me right away. They said, your scores are really good. We're going to put you on, uh, on a but, repairman. But that, that sort of sits in between lying and also saying what you want to happen. So it's sort of like... You're almost telling the universe what you want to happen. So it's a lie in the moment, but overall it's not a lie because it's what you – does that make sense? Yes. Uh, many times uh, we would go through uh, like uh, customs. Uh, uh, going into Texas, they have an area here in the United States where they make you declare things. And you're not supposed to bring plants across the border, for instance. So Adana would always say – 
we have no plants, we have no whatever it was, no fruit, and we had plenty of it in the truck all the time. But he would he would tell us to do that. One friend of mine said, I can't lie. So he said, well, okay, you do it. So I'd be the one that said that. And he would deliberately have us do that and say that type of thing didn't bother him at all. In fact, he drove around in a truck that had, uh, he put Texas license plates on when it really was a Tennessee truck that a friend had donated to him so that he could carry on his work. And he would just switch plates and do any of that and not pay any attention. And he was an illegal alien as well. And even when they declared amnesty, he refused to sign up. Well, so he yeah. was the, the entire time I studied with him. Well, it's, it, the, the, that sort of lie is like a white lie. They're not the sort of thing that's going to impact your nervous system, are they? They're not the sort of thing that you're you're going to hold with you. Like Things that are actually going to impact your life, things that are actually going to impact your your health, your love life, things like that, they're the ones that are, you're going to keep with you, right? They're the ones that you're going to have trauma with. That's what he said. Now... One thing, exception to the rule, if a person has been taught by their parents that you'll go to hell if you lie about those plants that you're taking over the border, mm -hmm. then uh, they are going to have a problem. But it will show up as a who. It'll be the mother that programmed them or the father that uh, programmed them. And by the way, the most extreme case I'll give you here uh, to sum it up, I knew a person for years that they came to me and said they had a fatal disease. I don't even remember what it was, but they were given mere weeks to live. And it came out in the session. This is the most amazing thing, session I've ever had. Their father had had sex with them and got her pregnant as a child, mm. and she had an abortion, and she had forgotten it all till that day. People do that, and don't they, yeah. Uh, when she remembered it and cleared it, uh, she didn't die. <laughs> she lived another seven or eight years. And what, what did she have? Uh, you know, don't remember. You don't remember. No. But it was uh, it was supposed to be fatal. And uh, I've had other cases like that. Like a friend of mine decided to live. Get this. I uh, I do a spinal alignment so I can get away with it because if it, I call it an adjustment, I'm a chiropractor and I'm in trouble. See, but an alignment with the breath, it's okay. Anyway, this friend of mine named Judy Utley. Her eyelid drooped on the uh, left side, and uh, she said, uh, what's going on here? And I didn't know because I have very, very light alignments. I don't do these heavy uh, alignments. So anyway, she went to the doctor, and the doctor said, how, did you, how could you walk in this office? You have cancer of the spine. You have lung cancer. You have breast cancer. You have cancer everywhere. How, go get your affairs in order. I, I don't even see how you can walk in here. So she came back to where I was and was all depressed about it. And then she decided I'm going to fight it. So she went down to San Antonio and they burned a big hole in her back <laughs> with a with something called, uh, golly, uh, black salve, I think they called it. It's basically zinc and it's very toxic. Somehow her cancer went away. Now, Michael Terrera, the uh, herbalist, went down and checked these two ladies out who were doing that treatment. Couldn't find any any reaction. So I assume it was Judy Utley's will to live. And indeed, she lived for nine years. The doctor who diagnosed her got lung cancer and died within a year. And she tried to tell him to get natural therapy. He didn't. Uh, she told me that 
I want to live till I meet the love of my life, and then I can die. She met the love of her life. She died nine years later, and he died a month after her, mowing the lawn afterwards, and they both are happy together someplace, perhaps. <laughs> but it, uh, it's it's really interesting, like all this. I mean, it's so. It's so when when you because this is I know people can have so many questions about this, and I've got, I love it because I I've got a million questions in my mind going around. I've, I've got so much I want to talk to you about. Like, we have to get you on about number five million times. Um, but um, <laughs> but when when you're saying this, so when you when you do your clearing, you spine your adjustments and your clearing. Uh, like can you can you clear that person or that thing from someone forever or is it something that has to be done more more than once or yeah the other thing is like can you you see it leave them like do you do you understand like certain questions you've got to ask or when you're doing this sort of thing once it's yeah once it's been cleared or once you've done the practice is it cleared forever is it gone Yes. Yes, yes uh, no, maybe. <laughs> it can come back, but I'll give you an idea. A neurologist came to uh, see me one time, and he had three problems. Let me see if I remember them. He had a swelling behind the right knee. He had uh, gastritis, and the third problem escapes me. But anyway, I felt his knee, and there was a lump behind it. Well, knowing that the right side has to do with a female, I I took the knee. Well, I asked him, uh, "Do you have? Uh, are you breaking up with uh, a wife or anything like that?" And he was surprised. He said, "Yes, I am. <laughs> I just broke up with her." I said, "Okay." Then I took his leg and I cocked it. I, I straightened it out quickly and drew it back slowly, and then quickly out and back and forth, and the lump went completely away. What I was doing is imitating kicking, <laughs> and his unconscious regarded it that way. The lump went away, so that when he asked me at the end of the session, he said, what about the lump? And it wasn't there, and uh, I said, you were ready to let go of this woman. You just had to kick her out of the door, symbolically. So he was clear of that when he left. Then I did muscle tests. This is standard kinesiology, like touch for health, applied kinesiology. I studied with both Goodhart and Thee. And uh, his uh, stomach meridian was the only one that was out. He said, well, I had gastritis. I said, do you miss your wife's cooking? Oh, yes, I do. And so anyway, that was that. But anyway, the leg problem was solved. I didn't see him again, uh, even though he was a doctor friend of another medical doctor of mine, but his leg was great when he left. So, so I've seen cases of people, other people will hang on to it. Like, uh, okay. If, uh, you, if you see him again, would it, would it come back? Usually not. Yeah. And, and let me give you an example. This is an example because it's a polarity between two people. A lady came to me, who I still know, a good friend of mine, and it didn't come back. And her back was out. So I gently got her on the floor with pillows and things like that and turned her feet. And I found out that the right side was a problem. So I said, do you have any problems with anybody, anybody bugging you? Yeah, my husband. Well, the right side is not female. I mean, it's female. It's not male. So I tactfully asked, is there another woman involved, uh, like uh, your, your mother-in-law or someone like that or another woman? Yes, two of them. And one of them said, 
I don't care if he is your husband, I'm going to have him. <laughs> and so, so anyway, I asked her, do you have any sisters? And she said, oh, I do. And one of them asks, is, has the same name as the aggressive one, and the other one is the passive one. She jumped off the floor, her back completely healed, <laughs> and left and said, I'm going to go give those women a hug and tell them uh, I understand. And she did, and her back problem never came back. She had other problems after that, years down the line, but that was the end of that. And she Amazing. got it. But then at the same time, the next day, in fact, I worked on a lady that came to me that her, uh, her right arm was out. She couldn't, couldn't move it. It was painful, really in a lot of pain. So I told her that it was this woman that was uh, bugging her because it turned out that she had had an affair with her business partner in a very successful business. And then he told the wife and the wife was not working with them. So she had to endure it. So I realized she wanted to box her, her the wife. So anyway, uh, I said she had to solve that problem. She said, look, I went to Germany and this woman yanked my arm like that and fixed it. And I said, then why are you seeing me? Mm. Oh, she said, I see what you mean. And I said, I bet as soon as you walked in the office that your problem came back. She said, yes, it did. Well, anyway, she refused to let it go because she was still in love with the guy. And I asked her, my final thought I said is, you're a very attractive woman. You're well off. Why this guy? If you were born in Iceland, you'd be another guy. If you were born in uh, South America, it'd be another guy. Why this guy when you're attractive and have money? Just think about it. Well, she wouldn't let it go, as the human mind will sometimes be totally unreasonable, as it was in hers. And the person who had uh, told, told her about me was doing reflexology on her, and she finally fired her because all she would talk about was this problem that she wasn't ready to resolve. So... Who knows? Today, she probably still has that shoulder. Years later, I don't know. You have to but want the, to let go, yeah. She got rid of it. So, in other words, you have to have the willpower. There is a movie called Resurrection, the original one in 1980 with Ellen Bernstein, I think it is, hmm. uh, where it goes into how psychic healing, how people will let go of things and other people won't. And uh, that's a very good movie that explains that a lot of people uh, – if you cure their cancer, they'll die of heart disease or things like that. Mm. So it's really the mind's energy that's more important. Uh, what's that saying? The operation was a success, but the patient died. And that's what happens often unless you go to the cause of the cause of the cause, which is the who. It's it's something that people need to understand at a much deeper level. We always say as well, people that get surgery and think for things that like chronic back issues and things like that. You know, even if they're a success, which often they're not, five years later they're off the same point or, or back where they were before. So it's not getting to the root cause. It's really interesting you talk about this, Adam. I could talk got so much I want to talk to you about something nutrition, I want to talk about um yeah, your reflex sciences, I wanna talk about a million and one of the things like the astro astro um community that you're part of society you're part of i know that we're in the time space spending that i'll get you have to get you back on for that and there's many other things i want to talk to you about just quickly though i mean we went through the cut well, the colors are, are a big thing as well i also want to talk to you about yellow fat disease but the colors we went through there just saying those colors two things i want to talk to you about the colors and the male and the female the colors you just went through there color cycling recycling even is it recycling recycling yeah that's what 
don't know what they call it. Recycle. So you can just say them those colors, and that can just just re reset someone. Because I don't feel anything coming out. There's no jolt or anything like that. What what is it about that that allows us to reset? You know, our colors happen in. Uh, we get colored of a trauma. Our color means a certain psychological thing. Like, let's go through what the colors mean. Black is a father trauma. Gray is a mother trauma. Brown is a attachment trauma. Red is a moving trauma or change of lifestyle. Orange is a sexual trauma. Yellow is a decision trauma. Uh, green is a resentment trauma. Blue is a, uh, d- depression trauma, uh, or a rejection trauma. Uh, indigo is an authority trauma where you, uh, believe in the authority, but, uh, but still have to do it. And violet is a stand on your own two feet trauma. And a white is a completion trauma. Those are just some of the traumas and some of the major frequencies because obviously blue has many shades and green has shades i gave you some of the major uh uh manifestations of those when people have traumas they tend to see those colors actually you can ask them for a color well it's when it's when you say people go like you said the depression's blue so people go i feel blue or you said resentment green so it's like jealousy right right they'll they'll often see it like uh, recently i asked a person that had a, a knee problem uh what color do you think of and they thought of red so uh you uh you can then see that it has something to do with a uh with a uh, a moving trauma or change of lifestyle i often see that by the way when people go visit their relatives and then they come back like to California from Nebraska or something and they miss their relatives. And then they have a skating accident and injure themselves and don't realize it's because they'd rather be back there with their relative or have their relative here with them. Uh, or a lot of times a red trauma happens when people break up and someone leaves their home or they have to leave their home uh, with their spouse. There are no accidents sort of thing. Right. And the accidents happen. So at uh, one time, in fact, someone... Uh, I told them when they said orange that they had a sexual trauma. They said, oh, no, we don't have anything like that. Well, I just let it go. And five minutes later, he says, by the way, do you know anything that uh, my wife and I can do for genital herpes? And I thought, hmm, that sounds like a sexual trauma to me. (laughs) So sometimes I find those colors work. And when I first met Adonna, when he used those colors, I thought, that couldn't be. That's just too bizarre. He's reading people's minds is how he's getting these traumas. But then I started uh, dealing it with myself. And though the body dowsing gives you the exact thing, you get a generality through that uh, color of what's going on. What a person wears, like I happen to be wearing the correct color of the day because it's good to recycle yourself by wearing red on Monday, orange on Tuesday, uh, yellow on Wednesday, green on Thursday, Blue on Friday, indigo, violet, or black on uh, Saturday, and uh, white on Sunday. That's one way to recycle your brain and calibrate your circadian rhythms with the the biological uh, immunity cycle, which happens to be seven days, with the uh, social week, which is uh, seven days. So you can actually cycle what's called a circuseptin rhythm is what they fancy call it. And it's an immunity rhythm. If a person gets uh, um, tetanus, tetanus, for instance, 
uh, it's a seven day. We, we, it's not a poison to a human being. It is to a mouse. A mouse dies right away from tetanus. But to a human being, it takes a week for their own immunity to kill them. The same thing besides uh, tetanus is, uh, what is the other one? Rabies, rabies. Uh, so those are examples of seven-day cycles. Well, it happens that if you have an injury within seven days, six to nine days, you're going to have some kind of a relapse. The doctors know about this, but they don't understand that it's a circadian rhythm. Uh, it's, inter it's interesting. This, in this colors, they're built into us. Uh, the colors are built, built into us because we can see and we have the visual colors and it goes across uh, races and ethnicities and cultures and areas. In fact, someone who's investigated a, a version of it is the man who thought of the word cybernetics. What is his name? He developed something called Centix, which oh, is yeah, yeah. Version of it you may be familiar with, yeah. Uh, it's not the same as body dowsing, but it gets very close in that he's checking, uh, he checks one finger for reactions. Now, mm -hmm. I check all fingers the acupuncture meridians, the lung meridian, large intestine, circulation, sex, triple heater, heart, small intestine, they all actually have reactions. And if you can actually see a person, if they have a grief issue, you will see their lung go like this. It'll start to move. And you can actually pump. You can increase your lung power by simply doing this. I've seen people do it unconsciously when they have asthma. Pumps. Simply doing thumb wrestling can actually strengthen your lungs, strangely enough. And, and then amazing. when someone leaves them, then this finger will start to get active. And inevitably, if a man is getting a divorce from his wife, this finger, the triple heater finger, the ring finger gets affected. And if it's a female, it's the male finger. In some cultures, they wear it correctly, where the woman wears her finger on the male saying, I only have heat for you because this is the circulation key. Obviously, you can see what that is. It's called the impudent finger since the Roman times. But the triple heater finger basically says, I only have heat for you. So you have the... Uh, you wear the ring for the male, the woman wears it here, and then the man wears it here. And I can tell you stories with that, but I think we're running out of time. Probably. Yeah, yeah, go, go on. I'll, I'll let you go, Adam, because there's so much I want to talk. Next time we get you on, I want to talk about male and female, anything like that, and um, lots more. I've got lots of research to do now, lots of people um, to, to look into, uh, which is awesome. But it's a fascinating interview, lots, lots to talk about. I know people got a lot out of that, and... You know, as always, the more knowledge you get, the more questions you've got. Um, especially with the, with the color thing, it's uh, are more people are some people more susceptible to it than others. Is it like any any sort of thing? Are more people susceptible to certain practices and protocols and, and um, techniques than others? You know, it is. Uh, it's more difficult for some people to react, particularly if they're uh, addicted to the medical model and they've taken drugs and things like that. You have to kind of get it out of their system. But but if they're if they're if they're open to it, if they're like someone who, who actually is into the natural side of things, and they're not closed-minded, um, would someone still be more reactive to your body dowsing, or someone be more reactive to their to the color? Is it all just dependent on them? It depends on like when a fruit ripens. A totally ripe fruit, you'll put your hand out and it drops off into your hand. Well, many times the energy isn't uh, isn't over. In other words, the person often has to go to get a doctor to cause pain because our 
our brain is the most, uh, is an executioner, the worst judge you can imagine. If other people would say, hey, let that go. Our brains often won't let things go that we've done in our life or we're not doing in our life. And so we end up. So it depends on the person's uh, are they ready to let it go? That one lady obviously wasn't going to let go of her partner. She could have had anybody she wanted to, but she was going to have him not realizing it was because she was actually in competition with her sister still. And it had nothing to do with the guy. Uh, but in fact, if the wife had left him, she probably would have dumped him too. So it again, depends on the severity of the trauma and it's stage that it's in. Is it the beginning? How much has been resolved? How much pain has the person uh, had? And other things like that. Right. And so each is a surprise. In fact, every time I do this, it's still a surprise to me. Wow, this crap really works. Yeah, yeah. No, with, with the brain stuff as well, you said before, people want to let it go or the brain keeps it there to negative things. So we learn from it, I suppose. It doesn't want us to go through that again. But, you know, sometimes we have to get through it, break through those patterns and those barriers because otherwise you just stay stuck. But um, 100% uh, awesome, Atom. Um, just for do you, for people out there, do you do, can you, is this stuff, your stuff, does it have to be done in person? Do you help people online? I do help people online. If you go to solartommy.com, I uh, do uh, uh, appointments. And I can read body language uh, other than the feet. Often, uh, every once in a while, I find a poker face that it's hard to read. But most people have these kind of things go on when they talk about, uh, oh, my ex-husband? Yeah, I don't have any problems with him. I'm exaggerating to a great degree. But you can see lines in the cheek. The lip will uh, 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 raise. If you want to see an example of what I look for, it, watch old X-Files shows and watch Scully. The lady who plays that has a severe eye tick. And uh, I took an – one time I was uh, doing a class in uh, El Paso, and they wanted to go see the movie to see her eye tick. And in the movie, because on a giant screen, that eye tick looked like uh, huge. They edited it all out, and it was yeah. only – the only eye tick I saw was at a very distance when they figured no one would see it anyway. So the uh, people in my class came up. I didn't see her eye move at all. I said, that's because it didn't. They edited everything out. Because on television, you got a little screen. Now, of course, with the bigger screen, they would probably have to do something with Scully. Mm. But uh, on the movie screen, it just showed up. And that's the kind of movement that you can see. And, oh, shoulder, you know, uh, say you want to... Uh, yeah, something atlas shrug type of thing so your left shoulder for male your right shoulder for female uh sticking your neck out sometimes people will go over to this side when they're answering a question or go over to this side meaning they're avoiding their wife or avoiding their husband or sometimes they want to be closer and they'll nuzzle into the uh, male or the female the parent or the spouse, whatever. So you can tell by the body language, this is like an avoidance and this is like a nuzzling. And I tell people, if you don't, if you want to avoid a chiropractor, have a trauma with a male and female, then your spine won't go to one side or the other at least. <laughs> awesome, my man. So that's um, suntiming.com? Solartiming.com. Solartiming.com. And there's a, I sell about uh, 30 books I've written on various subjects, yeah. including... Mind Reading for the Millions, which is basically uh, a book on body dowsing. I is that is that available in audio, in audible audio form? 
You know, you can hook it up for that. Yes. It's, uh, there's a, uh, what's the program called? Do you remember? Well, anyway, there's a program with instructions on how to do that. And you can listen to them through audio. And uh, what is it called? Z-E-Z-M-R, Zanzibar, or something like that. <laughs> Zanzibar, cool, man. Awesome, because I know Yes, No, Maybe, and you've got other books. And I'm going to put all this up. Put all this in the uh, in the before and after. So you got solar timing, and also you got sunsink nutrition. But Adam, it's been an absolute pleasure, my man. I have to get you booked in uh, again so we can do the, uh, just go through everything else. There's so much to talk about, and I've got a lot of research to do. But um, thank you very much for coming on. I know this is going to uh, get people really thinking about things and open up mind up to new possibilities. And there's uh, one of my friends in particular that I know is going <laughs> to this is going to really uh this is going to probably um yeah tug on his tail a little bit so it'll be interesting but um thank you very much my man for coming on um and have a great day yeah and thanks for inviting me enjoying it you'll have lots of comments under saying that guy is crazy but <laughs> that's all right but I'm, cra- I'm, I'm crazy enough as it is anyway i think people should really experience it for themselves though that's the thing because when I, people tell me things like i'm telling you I am suspicious and go and investigate it. You must check these things out. I'm definitely for that. 100%. And thanks for inviting me. No worries, man. Perfect. There you go, guys and girls. That was episode 100 with Atom Bergstrom. Absolute legend, I should say. And someone we're getting back on the show. Definitely got so much more to talk about, so many things to talk about in his experience. Also going to yellow fat disease when it comes to fish oils and there's a million and one things I want to talk to Atom about. He's a very interesting character for knowledge and you know it just he opens up your mind to new realms of new possibilities and it's always, you know, for every rule there is an exception which means there is no rule. Um and so, you know, it's a great episode. Do want you to you probably have to go back and listen to that. Um, again, you know, I'm going to listen to it myself again. I think it's if some people I get, some guests I have on, and I go back and listen to them. Not always. Sometimes I'm like, mm, I need to listen to that myself again because that was uh, it was awesome. But um, you know, we're going to definitely be getting him back on. I'm going to try and line him up uh, again for the near future because he's just got he's just got so much knowledge and and it's uh, it's knowledge that people don't generally talk about especially the, I mean the sun seeing nutrition you don't really even get into that at a deep level either so it's awesome it's a great episode any questions you've got send them over to me at ryan at reviveyourself.co uh, and I'll get them off to Atom and we can ask them next time for him um and if you want to look up Atom over at Sunsink Nutrition, you can. He's got two great books. That's why two great books. He's got loads of books, not more than two. Um, have a look at, listen to, uh, well, a little read of his books. And if they're on Audible, I think a few of them are on Audible now, actually. You can have a little listen. Um, it's my preferred method of reading, if I can speak today. Method of reading, I should say. Um, but, yeah, definitely be getting him back on the show. Um, and, guys and girls, if you are struggling with a health injury, then... Um, well, and you are looking to put it behind you and you want to overcome it and you're looking for help, then the best way to contact me is by sending me an email at ryan at reviveyourself.co or going to www.reviveyourself.co and uh, fill out the contact form. And we've got lots of articles there as well, lots of free information, a free four-day mini course. And you, know, you can also uh, follow us uh, or follow me on, on Facebook at my personal page, which is Ryan Martin or a Revive page, Revive Yourself page. And um, we're also on Instagram at revive underscore yourself too. So that's it for episode 100. We've got a uh, 
good episode next week as well coming up for you. Um, looking forward to getting that out to you. Um, I think I'm going to be in South Africa when that comes out. Um, yeah, I think I will be. I'll be bringing that to you from South Africa a couple of weeks over there just to do some, some sightseeing. Um, also to speak to a couple of people that, that in, in the health industry. And um, yeah, just to see, you know, go on safari. Haven't been out there. I'd love to go on safari. and love to hear great things about South Africa. Never been before. The two guys I'm going with have been. And you get some good... Um, exercise out there and just experience what they've got to offer so anyway that will be uh, i think that'll be episode 101 when that comes out and um yeah be looking forward to that so guys and girls without further ado as always stay happy stay healthy i'll speak to you soon bye-bye if you're struggling with gut issues such as gas bloating constipation diarrhea indigestion heartburn and want to finally be able to eat the foods you love without the crippling after effects then don't forget to head over to reviveyourself.co and pick up your free copy of the Healing Health Paradigm today.